Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Josh Brown, is this the wind-up or is this the main podcast? I don't know, but I've got you in front of me, which is only it can be a good thing. I think recording this on a Tuesday, we're in the liminal space. This is the crossover <laughs> everyone's been waiting for. This is like both shows in one. Yes, Mr. James Dallas is on holiday next week, so we're going to try and pre-record something with him this week to schedule for next week. But the man's got so many different things that he needs to schedule and get on top of work-wise. So we were like, look, we'll take the baton of potting, and me and you will do a lovely little podcast. And we missed the winder because it was a bank holiday in the UK, so we were all we were off yesterday anyway. And so we thought, well, Last of Us Part One, uh, the remake of The Last of Us, is coming out this week anyway, and the embargo. Uh, will be up by the time this goes live. Hopefully I've timed this right, if you're listening to this, and the SWAT teams haven't kicked in, then we've managed to time it all right. Um, but this is pretty much what we would have talked about anyway. We would have either covered this on The Wind-Up, or we would have covered this on the main podcast. So we're just kind of combining it. So um, Josh, you're the lead reviewer. The video will be live by the time this goes up. Um, I think you went with a nice, healthy four stars. I did. End. It's it's the strangest game I have ever, ever reviewed, Scott Hill, <laughs> because obviously, you know, you need to look at it as a kind of piece of work in isolation, as a mm. remake in isolation, and then add on the context in which it's coming out, you know, only eight years or whatever, or nine years after The Last of Us originally hit the PS3, mm. you know, eight years after the remaster came out, and of course, its price point of $70. So it was a strange one to kind of wrap my head around, but yeah, I ultimately went as a remake, I think it's a four-star kind of effort and mm-hmm. as a game it's the last of us which is of course five stars across the board so it's mm-hmm. uh it, we're going to kind of try to pass this out i guess it pass is like out, uh, it is the, the weird thing to like try and nail down because we were saying in the in one of the chats before we were recording it's like it's a five-star game through and through everyone knows that we've known that for like nine years or whatever it is almost 10 years and um, but then it's like okay what are the qualities of the remake and obviously i would say that sony have been quite um like I don't know, guarded with their gameplay stuff. There's a gameplay clip just gone live as we're recording this, um, which is obviously the week of release, and maybe they were holding that back the most. Um, but a lot of the stuff in the marketing is like, you know, it's it's a gameplay experience. It's been overhauled. It's been rebuilt from the ground up and all that kind of stuff. And um, yeah, I managed to get a, a code for this as well. Like I said, you're doing the review, but I've been playing through bits of it as well. I don't 
like i mean that's the whole thing i don't think it's worth the 70 pounds i think i'm gonna be more negative on it than you yeah um, but i just think that i i see sony in a very weird place right now and i see i mean the only um it would have been two days ago that this goes live that they've just bought a mobile game studio as their next acquisition i see a lot of money focused moves and i kind of can't see this as a as being worth 70 pounds um you know next to so many of the titles that are like full price so for me i don't think they did enough to it um but i don't know if you um line up with that whatsoever I agree again in classic wind up fashion, which <laughs> this might not even be. Uh, mm. I agree and disagree. You know, I said in my review, which I will stand by now, that mm. if you have not played The Last of Us at all for whatever reason, this is the version you should play. And it's mm. absolutely worth $70 in that regard. I do think the effort that's being put into the game is, is indicative of a kind of fully fledged new release. Like, I do think they've put a lot of work in uh, from both the visual and the gameplay, the AI, all of that stuff to kind of justify that $70 price point mm -hmm. if you're buying it new. However, as a game that recently got a PS4 Pro patch uh, <laughs> in like five years ago, whatever, mm -hmm. four years ago, um, and if you're someone who has played this game over and over again like I have, like yeah. it's, it's a great, great remake, but you probably don't need to spend $70 on it right now. It'll still be a great remake in a few months' time when that price drops. Like if, if, if it's, it's entirely kind of up to what you want out of this game, I think. Like if you want it to be brand new you're not going to get that if you want it to, to be completely changed in terms of its combat in terms of its exploration it's you, you're going to be disappointed however mm -hmm. if you are looking at the uh, trailers if you're looking at the gameplay and thinking this is what i wanted i would encourage you to indulge because the work is good it's yeah. just you know within this context of what a remake kind of should be and everyone has a different opinion on that mm -hmm. in a way well, that's the thing, because I was like, it's almost like a seventy-pound like texture pack. But then obviously they've been they've been out there saying, well, look, we've rebuilt the combat and it's more sort of like modernized and whatever else. And they try to bring it more in line with Last of Us Two. I wish they added like a dodge. Like I think that's one of the things that because I've been going back and forth between Last of Us Part One and Part Two, um, just to sort of get a feel for how much has been changed and everything. And like one of the things that I love about Last of Us Two's combat is that you can just dodge out the way of stuff. You can just like hair's breadth. You can just get you can just get out the way of something and then you retaliate. And like I think Last of Us Part Two has more flow to it. Like, I love how scrappy Last of Us combat uh, is overall. But um, I tell you what's hilarious. I didn't realize that Last of Us 1 had the parry in it. Like yeah. until like the other week, like I just didn't use that at all, and I've been through Last of Us one like three times or whatever it is, and uh, I just never realized that like they they spell out like yeah the dude can hit you at the very beginning, and you can also hit triangle at the right time to push a guy back off, and you can kind of retaliate for whatever reason. I didn't bank that in my 2013 mind, <laughs> and then just didn't think about tutorial stuff after that. So the last nine years I've been living a lie, um. But I kind of wish that they brought in the Last of Us Part Two uh, parry system in a little bit more. Um, how do you think it compares to Last of Us Part Two's combat? Do you think that that whole thing of you know we've modernized it we're rebuilding it from the ground up in that regard does that kind of hold water the whole way through I do think so. You know, there are emissions like you mentioned there. I would have absolutely loved a kind of like actual dodge button like you mm. get in The Last of Us Part 2. I would have even liked to have gone prone, even though that would have necessitated yes. kind of rebuilding the combat encounters. However, I do think they mostly nailed the feel of the combat from The Last of Us Part 2. When I played that 
game through initially, I went back to The Last of Us Remastered and did them back to back. And I thought they would be more similar than I remembered them being. But The Last of Us Remastered for me just felt so clunky in comparison. Mm -hmm. And I do think this remake kind of brings the combat or at least the flow of combat up close to The Last of Us Part 2. It's not quite there, Mm -hmm. but it is for me uh, like much better than the remastered combat, which was always good. But this just kind of has more to it. Yes, the mechanics might not be different, but the way everything flows, man, the new animations for me gives it the level of impact that The Last of Us Part Two had. I'm not sure if you agree on that. Well, I think it's it's really interesting because at some point we're getting we have to get so granular with this just because of the yeah. way this the, the sheer reality of them remaking a game twice or like putting it out twice within ten years that you kind of have to be like, okay, let me literally compare side by side animations, transition animations between how fast Joel stands up or how fast he goes between a melee attack to aiming to what to running again or whatever. But that also does constitute a different feel for the game. And like this does like move in a way that the original Last of Us and Remastered just doesn't. So there is like a good, there is a quality to that. But I'm so curious how it's going to do in the sales. Like there's so many conversations around like, I'm going to wait until it's on sale. I'm going to wait and see if it's on PlayStation Plus or whatever. And I just like, it's that whole thing. But like you said, if you're coming in fresh, then you will just immediately go, this feels great. I can just kind of get on with this. But then if you're uh, an old fan coming back in who maybe just wants to pick it up for completionist's sake, then it's interesting because it's like, where is my money going? Uh, It's kind of going into this transition animation. And like, that does feel good, but I don't know if it's that good. Uh, you mentioned the word granular there, which yeah. I think is like the the the, the key <laughs> word for this entire project. Oh, yeah, I yeah. use that and uh, subtle a lot in my review because mm-hmm. the changes are very subtle and cumulatively, I do think it impacts the combat in a really uh, great way. Like it mm-hmm. does improve the combat, but it's it's hard to sell that to someone who has already played through this title because the improvements are so granular. For me, mm-hmm. it does bring it up to modern standards. You know, it's funny i was playing through the last of us remastered at the same time i was playing the new saints row and it's just like <laughs> the last of us remastered is so head and shoulders above that yeah. game uh, in 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 every single direction and i Lord do think what they were doing 100 and you can put the last of us part one up against any modern game i would argue and it it doesn't feel dated there are a few box puzzles which we'll get to i was gonna say gameplay are, like that. Yeah, yeah that are a little ones. bit um kind of uh arcade now but for the (laughs) most part like the combat it is thrilling and i think these changes have added enough to just kind of get it up to that next level man Mm -hmm. but whether or not that's worth 70 dollars again that kind of is the big question because look at them side by side and you know there's there's not new mechanics it's just that the feel has been improved and i think i do think that if this game came out in uh five years time ten years time Mm -hmm. and with these with these improvements and more then we wouldn't be kind of like talking about it in the same way that we are even if the price was you know $50 or $40 it would be so much more recommendable it's just kind of a victim of timing and a victim of the price because otherwise I think these granular changes do work really well yeah, they totally do. I I just I just keep going back to I wish they just put it on the PlayStation Premium service. I wish they were just like, here's what you get. If you're a value PlayStation member, we'll give you this version of The Last of Us, which is why I keep coming back to Sony's kind of hubris and greed that they've had in the past, like surfacing again, where they're just like, let's just see if we can charge £70 for this. Like the yeah. hell, people love Naughty Dog. A lot of people love The Last of Us. Um, a lot of people want something to show off on their PS5. Let's just see if this works. And um, if, I, if we didn't get review codes, I wouldn't be buying this. 
this. Like I would, I would not have touched this. So I'm curious just how that goes down. I saw people um, sharing the fact that it's number one uh, selling in the UK on Amazon uh, in terms of the pre-orders. So it seems that there is a lot of interest in it, obviously, but I'm curious about that. Do you think that it ticks the box of this shows off what the PS5 can do? Because I do think that a lot of, and especially in the early going, when you're um, right at the beginning and you're escaping the city for the first time, and we won't do um, big spoilers because I guess a lot of people might be coming in for the first time. Um, but the first time you're escaping the city, it's a lot of rain-swept locations. It's a lot of um, atmospheric stuff, environmental stuff, which looks incredible. Yeah. Um, and obviously, you can go into the photo mode and really drink that stuff in. Um, but it was the lighting, and it was a lot of like like light refracting through water that was making me go, oh, okay, that looks incredible. Um, but at the same time, I wonder, you know, it's it's one of those things where we haven't seen what Naughty Dog can do with a PS5, and they keep kind of hinging on this is Naughty Dog's first PS5 game. It's like, well, it's kind of is and it's kind of not. And yeah. so what do you think of, of that? Because that's another placement thing. It's sort of landing as this um, big PS5 game when it's not really. 100%. You know, this is kind of what I mentioned about maybe it should have come out in five years' time because mm. if it comes out at the end of the PS5 cycle, like you said, Naughty Dog will have gotten to grips with that technology and it would have looked like so much more spectacular mm-hmm. than it does. I still think it's like a really good showcase for the PS5, like you mentioned there, especially in terms of the lighting mm-hmm. and the insane facial animations, which I definitely want to talk about yes. more later on but yeah when like just playing through this game you know on its i was playing on its performance plus mode uh with hdr on and it, and it does look like a showcase i don't think it's the best ps5 game available which is a shame i think it would not been, eternal it's <laughs> it's not <laughs> i mean visually it's not like a ratchet and clank though right it's no it's uh it's not quite there and there's I do- a reason people have been putting them side by side and saying like which one's which and i'm one of those people i mean there's yep. there are some scenes where it's literally night and day yep. um or you can really tell there's been improvements but i think to the to the untrained eye or even to that initial when they first showed that scene off the cutscene of ellie looking out the window i was one of those people going i don't know which one's which i'm going to get back to that in a second mm-hmm. i just want to kind of say yeah like it's it's a good showcase for the ps5 it's just it's not the showcase and i think it would mm-hmm. be a better sell if it was like if it was hands down the best looking game on the PlayStation 5, if it, if it was hands down the best playing game on the PlayStation 5, mm. I think the price point would have been better, but we know it's kind of an entry into that technology and we know it's not kind of the cumulative effort and experience of Naughty Dog with this system. I think mm-hmm. like it would have been better if you had that level. It's funny that you mentioned there, you know, like the marketing materials that they've used to show this game off and compare it to The Last of Us Remastered or The Last of Us PS3. Mm-hmm. I don't think have done them any favors because no. A few times they've showed like pre-rendered cutscenes from the PS3 and compared them with like the in-engine footage from the P- PS5 version, mm-hmm. and it's like, man, those are always going to look the closest because yeah. what a pre-rendered cutscene could do in the PS3 was head and sh- head of. I keep using head and shoulders. I don't even know if that's the phrase. It was <laughs> head, head and shoulders, and shoulders above, yeah. above uh, what you could achieve in game on the PlayStation mm-hmm. 3, right? So, of course, those are going to look similar. But, you know, I, I get that from a dev standpoint, they're like, hey, what used to be CG or yes. what used to be uh, pre rendered, we can now do in game. Oh my God, isn't that incredible? But I think the average person just goes, well, it looks like it did 10 years ago and you want exactly. me to pay more money for it, um, which is a harder thing to sort of um, justify. Um, we should talk about the story stuff, um, not necessarily spoilers, but how it sits, how it feels, um, because now, obviously, marketing it as a part one and um you know it sort of sits a bit different like you talk about there are there's a certain character in last of us part two who is in part one but looked completely different who is now matched up so that it feels more congruous in that regard and um, did it feel 
how does it feel going back through this now after so long, after knowing that they did do a part two? I remember all the conversations around like Last of Us 2, even uh, before it existed, and all the conversations on like, does it even need a sequel? And now it's like, it's this much bigger franchise where the HBO show's coming out and the Factions multiplayer is going to be coming out. What did that stuff feel like, I guess? As like, and now it is, def- it is definitively a part one now. It's cool, man. And it does kind of recontextualize it even more so than going back to play The Last of Us Remaster did mm. in the wake of The Last of Us Part Two, Because like you said, there are some subtle changes like that character model now matching the character model in Part 2, mm. which do which does make the scenes that they're in kind of like more impactful uh, understanding how that, I'm going to skirt around spoilers so, so much. I don't, know whether, I don't know whether people like, I'm just going off that assumption that there are some people out there who haven't played it. Yes. So we'll it's like, it. I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll skirt around them for now. But yeah, yeah knowing uh, and having the connection between that character in part one and part two certainly helped. Having the kind of parity of character models in both Ellie and Joel from part one to part two also helped and for me just kind of like the new character models in general are better than what we had before i do love the stylized designs that we had in the ps3 version mm. but here they're just so much more natural looking there's so much more emotive in yeah. what they can do with their faces and kind of like how they carry themselves and ellie finally looks like a teenage human being and not like a, a doll <laughs> a teenage doll well you're not a fan of the original ellie design i am i am but i do think that her design is more dated in one of the mm. more dated parts of that game because it looks good. Like I said, it's visually striking, mm-hmm. but it's kind of, it was more dead behind the eyes than I remember. And really? here, I think that the character models have so much life, especially when it comes to the supporting characters. Like Ellie and Joel look good, but we've mm-hmm. seen Ellie and Joel in part two. Characters mm-hmm. that we don't see in part two for whatever reason mm-hmm. uh, look um, just like incredible here. And that's where the real revolution comes in. I think for me anyway, in terms of those characters. Yeah, no, there's, uh, yeah, definitely. Like, especially I mean, at the beginning, like the likes of Tess and Sarah, like they do have a lot of um, like, way, there's just way more facial animation, a lot more work that's gone into those performances, like literally. Um, that's interesting. One of the biggest talking points that's going to come out of this is going to be direct comparisons as to whether people prefer the look of Last of Us 1. And I think I do. Um, I think I prefer the look of of original Joel. I think they're still sort of trying. We talked about this um, on a Slack chat once, but I think one of the greatest strengths of The Last of Us One was that assumption that it was a cover, like a survival horror cover shooter, that it was another um, outright action game that you saw. You know, it's like a giant um, escort mission, and then the, one of the greatest rug pulls in The Last of Us, or at least one of the best developments as you played through it, was that there's so much more to it as you go. It's kind of like Spec Ops, but not as directly like rug pulley. But it was like here's this big burly dude who looks like another action hero and you're protecting someone who, like you said, they can go down the wrong route and it looks a bit more doll-like for Ellie, which is obviously very go-to in terms of someone you want to try and take care of. And they play that hand, but then they play like a subversive hand that says there's actually way more going on here. Um, and I always love that stuff. And I feel like Last of Us, um, the original, has a, has more of like an art direction to it overall in that regard, which the new one, especially like coming from Last of Us Part 2, and then obviously the way that they've done Part 1, it's, it's uh, quote unquote, it's just realism. Like it's what yeah. everyone's aiming for now. It's what the Avengers is aiming for or Forspoken or whatever. And there's not as much of a um, art direction overall. And I, I wonder how much that's Naughty Dog changing over the years or how, how much of it was even that intentional in regards to how subversive Last of Us 1 felt. But for me, that was always why Last of Us landed so strongly was because it was in amongst all this sea of other uh, action games. And then it was able to do something else with the entire setup of it, both in the real world and in game. 
Yeah, I think, I mean, it's it's going to be fascinating to see these discussions because The Last of Us, like the original Last of Us, mm. looks great for the reasons that you've mentioned there. It has such a great sense of art design. It has such character in its art design. It's so stylized. And I was going back to The Last of Us Remastered just to experience it side by side, mm-hmm. you know, playing the university level, for instance, like the colors and the saturation in that scene is, is so distinct. And yeah, mm-hmm. The Last of Us part two does go for a more naturalistic approach. However, that naturalistic approach, I still think holds a lot of artistic weight because it's yeah. hard to do that right without it looking generic. And I don't think that The Last of Us part two looks generic for my money. I think there is still that attention to detail there. There's that intention behind how each scene is composed, how mm-hmm. the colors kind of, you know, accentuate different moods and whatnot. Uh, it's, it's kind of difficult to say one is better than the other. Going into part two, honestly, I thought this would be my major part of contention. I thought I would be pining for the older character models or the mm-hmm. older lighting in certain scenes. And while I still love that older light- lighting, for me, part two, part one's uh, like visual character has... Mm-hmm superseded what came before which is a big thing because i loved i loved so much what came before well it is just interesting where it sits now because like i said it, it is like a defined part one and it doesn't need to do the subversive stuff in regards to what like the company it was keeping back in 2013 the company it keeps now um it makes more sense to just so this is this big totemic release that has this insane look this insane story if you were just coming in fresh you wouldn't even think about any of that stuff you would just enjoy the story beats and the characters and everything else and so that stuff is interesting did you notice anything else um in terms of the way scenes are shot are there bits that are like composed differently i know that they've changed some of the lighting around and like like you said some of the color palettes obviously there's an overall texture um overhaul but is there anything in regards to scenes specific scenes that are done in a different way not that i could tell uh from 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 a glance and from what i can remember i didn't go back and compare every scene but the uh yeah like like the composition of every scene kind of seemed similar Mm -hmm. just like you said with the with the change in lighting being the big thing and the change in the character model on the faces and the performances being the big thing. Mm. I, it did make me appreciate the original cinematography more, mm. though, because yeah. there were so many details there that were kind of... They were always there, but they were more in the background, whereas here, like I said, with the added subtleties in the performances and with the more detail in the scene, you pick up on them a mm. little bit more. And I was really appreciating this time around. Again, this is unique to part one, but I just appreciated it more this time around. Mm-hmm. How the camera in the scene is like evoking handheld handheld yes. style in how long those takes are and it was just it gets you in these scenes it immerses you so much and that was something i appreciated so much more this time around with the added immersion coming from the audio and you know like the new performances and whatnot yeah i feel like that i remember noticing in phantom pain remember hideo kojima talked about it um if phantom pain all of that all that games cutscenes are shot as if they were one take and obviously god of war would become this whole thing where it's all in one take but you kind of forget how it's not necessarily the last of us pioneered that stuff but like in gaming like it does add an extra element of like atmosphere or intensity or whatever and like yeah when you go back to it it's like oh this game was doing this in 2013 or at least in terms of the ideas they had going in like that's something else that you can um modernize in a really cool way 
If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Before we go any further, I want to talk to you about today's sponsor, Masterclass. With the amount of time we spend discussing and analyzing video games on this channel, it's always good to understand exactly how these experiences are put together. And fortunately for me, I can do just that with Masterclass. With Masterclass's streaming service, you can learn from the best to become your best, studying and growing with over 200 plus of the world's leading instructors. For me, I've been having a blast using a class on video game design by The Sims creator Will Wright to find out exactly how game mechanics are designed around player psychology as well as learning how important playtesting is to shipping the titles that you and I both love. But it hasn't stopped there, as I've also been brushing up on my practical filmmaking skills directly from my favourite movie director Martin Scorsese, as well as trying to get back in the cooking game with Roy Choi's amazing course on intuitive cooking. Seriously, my kitchen is a mess, but my belly has never been more grateful. For just $10 a month, an annual membership with Masterclass gets you unlimited access to courses on your phone, computer, smart TV, or even via audio-only modes. Even better, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, and 88% of members feel that the service has made a positive impact on their lives. And to put the cherry on top of that cake, right now, What Culture Gaming listeners get an additional 15% off any annual membership at masterclass.com forward slash gaming. That's 15% off at masterclass.com slash gaming. What's that? You want it one more time? Well, that's the URL masterclass.com forward slash gaming. Right, now I'm going to watch Tony Hawk try to teach me how to ollie properly. I'll see you all soon. Dude, just talking about like The Last of Us generally <laughs> now, but I couldn't believe how well the story held up. Like I, I love The Last of Us. I played through it like six, seven times now. <laughs> I played through it last in 2020. You know, this uh-huh. is something that I revisit all the time and every time and the story gets better. It's so much more mature than even games now. And I'm not just talking mm. about in terms of violence. I'm talking about the way the script is literally structured and the character emotions that are coming through. Mm-hmm. And it, it's just it's one of the it's one of the best stories. Got some of the best characters, <laughs> the way things are seeded, the way things are foreshadowed, the way uh like certain developments are juxtaposed and subverted with what you expect from this genre. It mm. never gets old. This is why I'm like kind of recommending people who haven't played it to go out and get this version 
version because I mm. do think it's the best version of this game and its story still holds up and now that its gameplay is up to par it's just it continues to be one of the best games of all time yes do you think overall that's kind of what they're going for I thought of this before when we were talking about how much it, it costs and everything is that this isn't really made for us like you can go into it after, after having played it a handful of times before but what they're really making this for is the HBO Last of Us fan because they've yes. just dropped the teaser uh, last week it was part of the HBO Max uh, montage thing and there's a lot of conversation around I mean there's a really great clip of Pedro Pascal playing Joel and um, I just wonder how much they've made this as to get that much wider audience because if you're coming in fresh it works best fresh and they've made something for a, um, a fresher wider audience um, with the fancy lighting techniques with the really nice character models and that, that's that's this play like it's full price for that audience and the, we're just sort of like an afterthought because whether people go and like well you could have got The Last of Us it's cheaper and there's the remastered version it's like £30 less but like they just want to go it's £70 it's The Last of Us it's the latest hotness the TV show's out go play that like do you think that's part of their whole business thing yeah man I really think so <laughs> yeah like I, I will say playing through this game got me so excited for the TV show because the <laughs> performances like I said are so lifelike you know mm. so photoreal in a lot of scenes um, and the script is already kind of structured like a TV show anyway that in my head <laughs> I was adapting it as I was playing which is weird I've never done that before but I was I was thinking about what I would do if I was adapting this TV show which where this game which got me adapting which got me excited for the TV show, which is adapting this game. And it was mm -hmm. kind of this uh, cyclical thing that that kind of it's 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 almost like it's promoting the brand as much as it well, is, you know, remaking a game. Yes, that, no, that's that's like I don't know if it's I'm still kind of passing this out that Last of Us is a brand like I it, it has been for years. But it was that whole thing where coming out of the 2013 one, it was like that is a perfect game leave it alone and they've done the complete opposite of that and now it's almost 10 years later and we're at this precipice where it's a 70 pound remake of that game and like i said the tv shows on the horizon the multiplayer uh, suite is on the horizon uh, for last of us 2 and everything or whatever the last of us factions turns into and that's just such an interesting juxtaposition from what it felt like this franchise needed and it's not that they haven't nailed those steps but like where we are now is interesting i wonder if they do um pedro pascal and bella ramsey skins I think this. they should. They, they should. I mean, it kind of feels like you might as well at this point, because um, you might as well get in on all the, the wider sort of conversations on it. Because speaking of skins, this yes. was something that I was disappointed by. It's such a minor thing in the grand scheme of things. Mm -hmm. But uh, this was kind of another thing that was telling me that this game wasn't necessarily for me in that mm -hmm. all of the bonus content, you know, like the cheats and the rendering modes and the skins, they're locked until you beat the game for the first time and that was disappointing to me because I've beat this really? game six times before and I don't want to beat <laughs> it again to then try out the new skins I, I would have just jumped in with like the new mm. skins and stuff and I thought that was a bit of a shame it's a minor gripe but I like the Last of Us Part 2 uh, Joel's model from the Last of Us Part 2 is in here you can play as that character yeah. model and I wanted to play as that character model in this game That's and now cool. I'm going to have to play it yet again I guess they could have um, they could have met you halfway and done like a, oh we detected your save for Last yeah. of Us Remastered okay you get this or Last of Us Two um, I guess I understand why they've done that so you don't just go through the game with like big head mode or whatever the hell all the other render stuff is that's in that game um, but yeah we should talk about um, just some wider stuff in regards to like I guess how the overall game feels in 2022 because I didn't ask you that before. Um, but the thing that stuck out to me uh, when I started going back through it was just how much you mentioned box puzzles at the beginning because that was the thing that I messaged you and I was like, oh my God, I forgot how many just slowly move this dumpster into this corner of this level so we can climb up. 
Um, I don't mind the ones when you're trying to get Ellie across the body of water. Obviously, she can't swim, and that's a whole thing with like the arc of part one and part two. But um, the amount of times you just have to go and find something to stand on, and this repeats in Last of Us 2 as well, um, but not to as much of an extent in the first third. Um, that stuff made me go, oh my God, this stuff is everywhere. And like over the years, especially on a PS5, we're saying this is a PlayStation 5 game. You don't need to have those things in to mask loading. Like you, you can get around all those like crevices that you amble sideways through. You can get rid of all that stuff. And I get that the fallback is that it allows for a lot more conversation, but I still like noticed that stuff. I was still like, oh my God, I've got to drag another dumpster somewhere before I can get <laughs> onto the level. Get on, get on with the level. I think this is where we're going to do a classic Scott <laughs> Josh disagree because I do agree that um, early on, uh, like those puzzles are really egregious. They come far too often, far mm. too frequent, and they kind of start getting grating. But I've always been of the impression that The Last of Us doesn't become a masterpiece until after you're out of Boston with Ellie. It is mm. a shame because Tess is one of my favorite characters and she is only around in the early part of the game. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, the, the combat encounters in the early part, the puzzles in the early part. I just don't think the gameplay finds its footing until no, you get true. to Bill's town. And that was even more apparent this time around. However, after that, and once it settles down, I do think the, the puzzles are fine. You know, grabbing the ladder, getting Ellie across on the little raft and stuff. That um, still works for me. And it works because of like the momentum in the character while you're you know, doing those things. Like it mm. feels good, in my opinion, to be carting around this dumpster, to be carting around <laughs> this little uh, plank of wood or whatever. Mm. And they don't come too frequent once the game gets going, but they are definitely noticeable earlier on. And I will defend them just because it does allow for a kind of palate cleanser. And I do hey, like, hey, it's on hey, a palate. On a palate. The, yeah. I see good. what I did there. Didn't hey. mean that, but I'm going to take it. I will definitely take it. Hey, if it... Ali ever starts a podcast, it's going to be called Palette Cleanser. <laughs> I think she might. Maybe that's The Last of Us Part 3. <laughs> um, yeah, I was just saying, like, you know, it, it it allows for these different modes of play. So you're not always sneaking. You're not always shooting. You've got these kind of exploration elements in there. And for me, that works in a post-apocalyptic survival game where mm. just getting around a city is supposed to be hard. Like, I could get that's that the grading earlier on, but I do think... Like I said, a lot of The Last of Us is grading earlier on, and it doesn't necessarily mm. make a great first impression once you get past the excellent first impression of the opening, uh, like, you know, prologue. We should talk about this. Well, maybe we'll do another spoiler. I mean, we've done spoiler cast on The Last of Us. Maybe we'll do another one revisiting it in 2022, because I, I mostly like the intro part. I just don't like the bit when you're uh, leaving the city for the first time and you have to dodge all the dudes trying to shoot you and everything. Like, there's a lot of sort of insert set piece here moments across The Last of Us one, whether it's the sniper set section or that bit or whatever um but i do think the like the very very beginning i think it makes an incredible fit like the very very beginning bit that you do where you play a sarah i think that's like unbelievable yeah. like that's my favorite sequences in like gaming history and um, but it is like a grab bag of like it's coming out of the 2010s and it's so other than you know the end of the 2000s and it's like we should have this bit in here we should have a set piece here we should have an action bit here and a dialogue bit here and a box puzzle here and i think those things kind they do kind of conflict but yeah it does smooth out over time it's just that whole question of if someone goes in fresh the ideal target audience if they'll think this is from 2013 um or this isn't from 2022 
I genuinely don't think you'd be able to tell if you gave me mm. The Last of Us Part One and I had no knowledge of when it released and I never played it before. Mm. I don't think I would even question it. There were maybe right. one or two sequences early on that feel a little bit outdated, like the first combat encounter with like the chest high walls that are surrounding the area. <laughs> That's of- one of the best subversive things they do, though. I love that stuff. Well, you you should explain this theory, Scott, because I mm. always slagged that bit off for being <laughs> obvious and poorly designed because mm-hmm. of how obvious it is that a combat encounter is coming up. But you said something the other day that uh, kind of changed my perspective on that. Well, and I just, like to think of it this way. Yeah, now. it was just what I said before about the way that they sold you a version of the game that you thought you were getting into. All the trailers, all the early gameplay was very goal focused. It was very action focused. It was what I went into earlier in this uh, podcast. But like, yeah, that's one of the first times that you see it as this is a cover shooter. This is in the mold of Gears of War. Here's your waist-high walls. Go have a shootout. Go back and forward on this thing. And like I said, they undercut it and they get subversive with it as that whole game rolls out and as you meet Ellie and as uh, as the emotional beats start rolling in. I think that one of the best hands they play is trying to sell you on um, a zombie shooter and as thinking that you're going into that back in 2013. And then there's so much more substance there, especially because in Naughty Dog's um, career or whatever, they were coming off uh, Uncharted 3. So it was like, well, we are known for the big Hollywood action. We're known for sort of doing these things. Um, you know, we're going to sort of play that hand and then we're going to completely invert it. And by the time you get to the end, um, you can kind of play that final shootout, waste high walls if you want, but it's way more, it's morphed way more into the way Last of Us plays overall. And I've always loved that. It kind of goes hand in hand with the art direction thing. Um, but yeah, that bit at the beginning where it's like, give me my waist high walls, let me get that comfort zone, let me get that comfort going so you can pull the rug out from you afterwards and go from there. I like that. I like that a lot. Gosh. It really makes me, uh, it doesn't make me love the intro, but it makes me <laughs> like it a hell of a lot more. I'll tell you that. You know, I think the introduction, like, and I'm talking everything post the prologue scene, yes. is like, is necessary for establishing the characters, for establishing the world. I just think from a gameplay perspective, that's the least engaging The Last of Us ever is, Ooh. which is kind of fortunate because it's at the beginning and it means it only gets better, but mm. also unfortunate because I don't want it to put people off. And I have had friends who have played it in kind of just getting bored in that opening hour really? and just kind of thought this gameplay might not be for me but like you said it gets gets so much better and it does subvert what you initially think it is mm-hmm. that it kind of I just want people to stick with it if you've never played it because it becomes the masterpiece that you've been you've heard <laughs> it is for nine years now it just might take a little bit of time mm-hmm. and I'm interested to see if anyone messaged me messages me disagreeing with that maybe like loving it from the start because that's also very valid as well yeah yeah I'm, yeah, that, yeah that whole wing of the of gamers or players whatever who are going to come to this first in 2022 and this is their first experience of it what do they think of all those various segments that make up last of us part one because um last of us part two doesn't have really have any of those bits in like there's a bit there are occasionally bits where you're sort of like trapped in a vehicle you got to shoot some dudes but that's very very few and far between and um, for the most part last of us part two is one style of gameplay the whole way through and the emphasis is more on uh, characters and dialogue and everything um some wider stuff though let's talk about like where sony are at. um because we talked about like whether this is worth like full price or whatever the differentiation between the value of the game and the value of the remaster do you think they'll do this again do you think that they will um do a remaster put a patch out do whatever i think i, I think because we've still got the fact that the ps5 can do 8k graphics i was just thinking that i was like do they do this again is this their most valuable individual ip um, especially if they're banking on it with the HBO stuff taken off. Um, maybe, like maybe this is something that they just mine uh, yet again in another five years. 
I think <laughs> maybe I think we might see a remastered version or a patch of this game. Probably. However, I do think uh, The Last of Us 2 is probably more likely for that because that did get a patch, but we still don't have like a real PS5 version of no. that game mm-hmm. yet. So I do think that will be the next in line. I don't know if they'll get away with, you know, selling it for $70 if they do. And I don't think they should sell it for $70. I think mm-hmm. that's just something they dug their heels in with two years ago and are now obliged to do it but they <laughs> might get away with it mm-hmm. uh yeah but i do i do think they'll do it again however i don't think we will see another instance like this where it's so soon and the cost is so high and you're even getting less content because you don't have the multiplayer suite in that's a whole other thing as well is um that like i mean it's not like this is being followed up by the multiplayer stuff straight away like we still don't really have any details. we've got a little bit of details on that that there'll be like kind of single player integration there'll be story-based bits um from whenever that was game awards was that, um, that? it was uh summer game summer game test yeah and uh, that was earlier this year. So like, there's been little bits talked about, like I said, but it is like the franchising of The Last of Us. It's this wider sort of play um, for a much bigger audience and then stretching it all out that way and whether or not you can get people in and get them excited about a Last of Us multiplayer. And like, it's, but like I said, it's not like multiplayer is coming straight after this. It's not like a one-two thing. And um, no. it'll be this, then it'll be the HBO show, and then it'll be the multiplayer, assumedly. Um, and then I guess we just see what the future of The Last of Us is from here. But... The thing is that the rule of remakes and remasters in the industry is usually to test the waters for more installments in that franchise. So it's not like Last of Us isn't talked about or discussed almost on the monthly anyway. So I, I wonder how much this is also them just making sure everyone's thinking about The Last of Us for a, for a part three or whatever. Yeah, maybe. I'm sure it was a nice, happy accident almost <laughs> to time this with a TV show. However, mm-hmm. I do think it's important to talk about this project in particular mm-hmm. kind of as an anomaly because it was an anomaly like if you go Mm. back to the original report about this game that i think was on bloomberg by jason schreier Mm. you know like the this the report went that allegedly this was a pitch by a smaller studio to kind of prove their worth they essentially went to sony and said look we we want to prove that we can handle ourselves we want to remake one of your games let us remake uncharted one and sony said no, that'll be too much work. <laughs> why don't you... The worst one, lads. Get, yeah, get well, why don't you remake The Last of Us instead? Because it's it'll be less work. And they started it, and then the project didn't go well, and allegedly it was handed back to Naughty Dog to mm. finish. I think that those are kind of extenuating circumstances around this project alone, and I do think that any future remakes will be kind of more like Demon Souls, which in my opinion was mm. worth full price, because mm. that was bringing back you know a PlayStation 3 game that isn't readily available right now and overhauling it in a way that the the last of us kind of isn't i just i wonder if because it's an anomaly for now or is it the first example of how to do this maybe going forward it depends how it sells i just i don't see like i said i'm going to hang on the whole thing on the reception of this i feel like the reception's been quite mixed um i feel like they um looking at the comments on the latest gameplay video that's been a lot more positive and um, with people just saying okay i can see the difference in how the characters move i can see the difference in the impact of the weapons and everything um but yeah i guess it'll depend on how this sells whether they start diving into their archives and bringing all sorts of things back Listen, man, for me, it's all in the price point. This would have been, uh, like I said at the start, you know, this would be an instantly recommendable project if it was $30 less. I think $40 or whatever, I'd be like, yep, this is a great version of the game. So much effort has been put in. Go out and buy it. It is just like you say, you're looking at the $70 price point. You're looking at no factions mode being included. Mm. You're looking at it last having a patch, uh, the remastered version last having a patch like five years ago, and that's still looking incredible. It's Mm -hmm. those reasons 
seasons where the waters get a little bit murky and rightfully so and rightfully so people are on the fence you know it's like i and i kind of hate i kind of resent that in a way <laughs> because then all we talk about is the price but the price is such a major factor especially in a cost of living crisis mm. like i can't tell a last of us fan who has experienced the last of us multiple times i can't say that they need to go out and spend 70 dollars on this game in this climate because that's probably not true unless yes you, well that's the thing i mean you really want to you know yeah and it's like for me just getting just super brass tacks about it it's not like those opening it's not like the levels of the environment the atmosphere isn't next gen feeling like there's lots of bits where all of a sudden like you'll come around a corner a certain visual will hit you and it's like okay that's what it should feel like to have a playstation 5 game but ultimately yeah like it's it's a 70 pound upscale like it's not it isn't as much as they're saying it's built for, it's rebuilt from the ground up and whatever i just only me talking here doesn't see that it's like right. for me that phrase implies that you literally started coding from nothing and you went from there um which maybe they did but like i don't think so it still feels like you took the guts of a 2013 game and then upscaled various things and added more facial animation and everything not to say that what the um final project isn't worthwhile it's just that i think that that phrasing um is maybe going to bite them consider it was the way that the gta definitive edition uh, was yes. coming around where people obviously expected a lot more including me um and i think that that stuff can backfire and i get the marketing spin but um that spin can be a haymaker can be a roundhouse kick 100% man i think it's it's exactly that it's it's a victim of business it's a victim yes. of marketing mm. not a victim of game design the game is good it's the context in which it's being sold and the context in which it's releasing that is the problem and that mm. sucks because like like i keep saying the quality is there but the quality isn't really the thing that's dominating the headlines it's it's full price value mm. which won't even be relevant in like six months time when this is <laughs> discounted and people are buying it anyway but it's like mm -hmm. this is this is almost the hole that sony has dug for themselves and man they need to get away from this pricing model because it's gonna bite them even more than well, it there's already so much more, is. yeah so much more negative press around it than positive i mean like the old the underlying thing that we're screaming or at least you're screaming is like go check this version of the game out it's a perfect version of the game to play it should be your first game version of it if you're new to the ip but that's also just has to right now has to go hand in hand with the way that it's being priced but ultimately the thing that will win out is that this is an incredible version of the last of us and it'll get there it's just going to take however long it takes but that time frame might get shortened if the sales are a bit soft or if yeah. you know if they if they want to just go hey by the way merry christmas it's on playstation premium or whatever uh, in another couple of months no you're right man like that i think its legacy is going to be it's a it's a good remake mm. but it's in, in the short term like we're going to be having these conversations about the value and i just i just think sony needs to get away from this because even when we're talking about new releases like horizon forbidden west or grand yeah. turismo 7 mm. like even for those games which are brand new huge sequels we're still asking the question is this worth 70 dollars mm -hmm. and that question becomes more easily answered when we're talking about a remake of a game that is only nine years old you know mm -hmm. if, we're, if we're asking these questions about brand new titles then they're going to be even more dominating the discourse around remakes and for that reason uh i just don't think it's a good look to keep selling well, these games at that high price point man no, I totally agree. I mean, I think that like the, my final word on it is just like, you know, they they say, hey, this is like 70 pounds. It's a premium price point. It's the most we can possibly charge you right now. There's almost a built in de facto assumption that it's a five star game. Then obviously The Last of Us is at the core, yeah. but is The Last of Us remake in 2022. It's not going to replicate what it was like experiencing it in 2013 unless you're coming into it fresh and then you're just paying 70 pounds for the game that's a, nine years old anyway. So there's all these like conflicting factors as to 
the way that it feels to buy this game. And like, yeah. I think that that's just a weird thing to navigate in itself, which it shouldn't be. Totally. And I'm conflicted in myself trying to recommend it, Scott Tilford, <laughs> because, you know, if, if someone came up to me hypothetically and said, mm -hmm. look, Josh, I can buy two full price games a year and, uh, you know, I've not played The Last of Us at all. Should The mm -hmm. Last of Us Part 1 be one of them? I would probably say no, because you can get the base experience. I was just saying they're still can, selling it. And you can, yeah, with The Last of Us Remastered, like you're still mm. going to have a crack in time with that. And then you will have more money to buy other games that come out <laughs> later on. And that's kind of like where we just get so granular about it. It's mm. like, what is this game worth? Uh, like, in what context should you buy it? And quite frankly, Scott <laughs> Tilford, I think that's a boring conversation to have. And I don't like having those conversations I because it it's... changes depending on the person. Yeah, it definitely does. I think that it's it's going to be something that every outlet is going to come at. And I think it's just like, the, it, like you said, it's the way that sony have done all their pricing stuff that's led to these conversations happening and um i mean the thing is if it's because it's a remake that we have to fall back on all these comparisons to how things landed uh nine years ago but if we do an upcoming if we do a spoiler cast and um, if we manage to get through it or whatever in the coming weeks then we'll only focus on the game we will not talk about the pricing stuff anymore and um, because you can go check out josh's review for more in-depth thoughts on all that stuff and um, for now this has been the wind up slash the what culture gaming podcast whatever you want to call it we've managed to do it ivan scott from whatculture.com joined by josh brown always a pleasure scott from whatculture.com <laughs> i know i did my full thing it's like a list sign off but always a pleasure to be heard by all of you and we'll catch you next week bye bye hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.